So may you just be glorified in everything in this place today. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. So, today my, sharing, uh, my preaching this morning is called Choose Your Suffering. Choose Your Suffering. For the average person, comfort is one of the main goals of life. We all want to go on a nice holiday, go and get a nice massage, sit in the spa and relax. Ooh. We all want the nice comfy bed, especially on mornings like this where it's pretty cold. It's only going to get more cold. We all want that nice new mattress with the nice new blankets and the pillows. Who's got like those electric blankets? Nah, I'm a bit scared of those, but they're pretty fire. We all want the newest car with the nicest seats and the nicest sound system. You know, put it on cruise control, just have a nap. If you have a Tesla, you don't even need to like, you can just, it'll wake you up, I think. But we all, we all want these like things that make our life comfortable. You know, uh, I'm guilty of this one. Many of us take days off from work to do what? Just to relax. I do that all the time. <laughs> the common ideal retirement is what? Sitting in paradise on some beach somewhere, watching the sunset. For the average person, suffering is not something that we want. We want to feel happy and comfortable. We want a nice warm bed, we want roof out over our heads, food on the table each day. All the ideas of fun and entertainment revolve around food, drinks, watching movies, playing video games, relaxing, having a massage. It's in our nature to seek out or create a world for ourselves that is efficient, easy, and comfortable. And when faced with anything difficult, anything traumatic, anything that causes discomfort, what do we do? We often run from it or we try and destroy it. It's not in our nature to accept and embrace suffering. Man's view of suffering is that it's negative. But what is God's view of suffering? What does the Bible say about suffering? What can we learn from the characters of the Bible who had to go through all kinds of hardship? Well, the Bible has a lot to say on this topic of suffering. In fact, it's one of the main themes of the Bible story. From beginning to end, we see many stories of God's people having to suffer and endure in order to overcome and move forward within God's plan. Most notably, of course, would be Christ suffering on the cross. Suffering from mankind's perspective is something, is something that we can easily reject and avoid. So let's take a look at an example to get an idea of what the Bible's perspective of suffering really is and how we should start to approach it within our own lives. So let's, let's look at the story of Moses. So in Exodus chapter 3, we see how God revealed himself to Moses through the burning bush, right? We, all, we should all know that story, yeah? God shared his plans to Moses to deliver his people and to lead them to the promised land. But that's not all that God told him about. He also told Mo Moses that he would be the one to lead them. And this is where we start to see the self-doubt of Moses. Instead of celebrating, instead of being excited or delighted to hear of God's great plan, he questions, why me? If we have a look in Exodus 3.11, it says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And then later in chapter four, after God continues to share more details of his plan to Moses, he again questions God and shows his self-doubt. Exodus 4, 1, then Moses answered, but behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, for they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. 
he continues to make excuses later in Exodus 4.10. But Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. And finally, after he ran out of excuses, in Exodus 4.13, he simply says, O oh my Lord, please send someone else. Not me, send someone else. We don't yet see the qualities or traits of a leader here. If you read through the rest of the story, we'll see how that he struggled with having a pretty bad short temper. He had poor speech, communication skills. He had fear and self-doubt. He was not born a natural leader. He wasn't strong. He wasn't a trained warrior. He was far from what God planned for him to become. He didn't just have his own personal struggles, though. He had to suffer together with the people, too. They had to go through many trials. They went without food or water. They had no place to call home. They had no shelter, nowhere safe to stay. They were attacked by many different groups, and they were tempted by the influence of many cultures and pagan religions of the time. He saw many of his people die, and many of his people turn away from the faith. Moses struggled alongside the people, and he even had to deal with the many mistakes and sins of those same people too. The road to the promised land was definitely a bumpy ride, but God stayed true to his promise and was with Moses every step of the way. Despite the many challenges, and no matter how difficult they were for the people, God brought them through. Towards the end of the story, we see how Moses had changed. We see his new identity. We see his new character. We see a very different person. We, we see a very different Moses than the one who said, why me? Please send someone else. The Bible sketches an ambitious list of leadership traits ascribed to Moses, including humility, empathy, wisdom, heroism, patience, and charisma. He overcame his fears and doubts. He became a leader who was able to articulate and communicate to the people. He was able to inspire them and guide them. He became a new person, molded by the suffering that he endured, shaped by the experiences he had to go through. He was broken down and built back up by God himself. And it was through the many challenges, the many trials, and all the suffering he had to withstand that he became the man that we remember him as today. Throughout the Bible, suffering seems to be something that we are encouraged to face and embrace, even if we don't like the idea of that. God's perspective on suffering is that it can be used as a method for our growth. His view is that in many cases, it is something worth enduring, and for some things, it is even a requirement. For all of the people who suffered throughout the Bible, if they did not endure the suffering they were faced with, they would never have achieved the goals that they had. They would never be able to follow their calling and go in the direction that God was leading them. They would never have fulfilled their purpose. They would never have been able to serve God and fully complete the mission that they had for his glory. So let's ask ourselves a few questions here of what we would prefer, okay? Let's, let's, let's really ask ourselves this, okay. Would you rather be broke and you can't afford nothing because you don't have a job? Or would you rather suffer at work but at least you get paid and at least you can provide for your family? They're both suffering in some sense, like, oh, mm, I'd rather stay home and sleep in, but then I'd be broke. Or I'd rather not wake up in the morning, but I kind of have to go to, the, to go to my job to pay the bills. 
You get to choose though. Or would you, rather, would you rather suffer in the classroom and study and be smart? Or would you rather be dumb and suffer in life later on because you didn't study? That's me. I'm very bad at maths. <laughs> would you rather suffer at the gym and be healthy? Or would you rather suffer in the hospital bed with health problems later in life? Would you rather resist sin? Or would you rather be ruined by it? Would you rather suffer for God and go to heaven? Or would you rather suffer the consequences of your sin and be cut off from God's presence? You can't avoid suffering, but you can utilize it for good. We can gain from it. We can be molded by it. We can be built up by it. It can make us stronger, smarter, more resilient. Your purpose and passion doesn't need to be pleasurable. More often, it's going to be pain, but it's worth it. Suffering can change us and turn us into a completely new person if we allow God to use it to mold us and shape us. Sometimes you need to be broken down so that you can be built back up again. Who's heard of this concept of the region beta paradox? Anybody? Region beta paradox. It's when a person will remain in a state of mild discomfort and only act when the state changes to one of more intense discomfort. It happens when people recover more quickly from distressing experiences than from less distressing ones. For example, make it more simple. If you had a sore back, okay? Who's got back pain? I know, I got, I'm know. i still young, but I got some back pain. Don't call me old, all right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> these young adults be calling me old, all right? I'm not old yet. I'm not 30 yet, all right? Chill out. <laughs> Hello to all our wonderful listeners out there. We hope you've been having a blessed weekend. As a church, we aim to bring the full word of God to all nations. And a quick and easy way you can help support this vision is by liking, sharing, and subscribing to our YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. If you had a sore back, you might just ignore it. You might just keep doing what you're doing. You might just you know, go, around, go about your daily life. You might just take a Panadol or something. We don't really address it, right? Years go by and then the doctor tells you, if you don't sort out your back, then we might have to do surgery or else you'll be stuck in a wheelchair and you can't walk. Oh, snap. Once we hear that news of how bad it is, suddenly we feel this strong urge. We have this huge desire, this huge drive to fix our backs. Suddenly we want to exercise to strengthen our back. We do yoga, all these different stretches. We take different medications. We start eating healthy. We start you know, practicing better posture. We avoid activities that might trigger our back pain. We take the necessary steps to fix our backs. But why didn't we just do that from the start? Why did we have to wait for the doctor to tell us, hey, it's getting pretty bad? Why did we have to wait for that to make the change? It wasn't until our situation got worse that we began to fix it. We could have gotten rid of that back pain years ago if we just did the same thing now. Sometimes we would be better off if our situations were worse because it would force us to make a change. It would force us to act. It would push us to actually do something about our situation. Imagine you're working in a job that you hate. Ooh, I think a lot of people are going to relate to this. <laughs> it's boring. It's stressful. It's not what you want to do in life. It's not what you planned in high school. Like when I graduate, I'm going to become a doctor. And then now you're not a doctor. You're just a garbage man or something. I don't know. 
it's, it's boring, it's stressful, it's not what you wanted to do in life, but it pays the bills. You can afford the rent, you can afford the groceries, your wife says you have to keep that job or else. <laughs> can relate. <laughs> it's enough to provide for the necessities of life. As much as you would want to leave, you're probably not going to because it's just comfortable enough that you'll stick with it. We don't want to become like this though. We don't want to become comfortably numb. Sometimes we need our situation to be worse or to, to force us to change our situation. Sometimes we need that push. Sometimes we need to embrace the suffering in order to help us achieve our mission in life. You need to embrace the suffering and discomfort to grow. You know, I was just thinking about it before that oftentimes the most broken people are the ones that mature the fastest in the faith. You know, the, sometimes the people that have like a really perfect life and they've never really faced hardship or adversity, they find a hard time to really like grow and step up. It's like the, the, the spoiled child that gets everything, they never have to clean their room, they never have to make the bed and stuff, and now when they're older, it's way harder to learn those things. But if you've gone through everything as a child, once you hit adulthood, it's easy. So you've already gone through it all. Sometimes the most broken people, the ones that have faced the hardest things in their life, oftentimes they're the ones that really mature the fastest in the faith. You know, it's the reason why boxing, uh, in boxing they have sparring partners so they can practice with resistance. It's why students will do practice exams so they can prepare for the real test. It's why you have different level, even, even video games, that's why you have different level of difficulty for video games. So you continue to challenge yourself as you get better. Life is suffering, but we can choose what we suffer for. So we should choose to make it worth it. Don't suffer for the wrong things. Channel everything towards your mission. Put your time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears for your purpose. If we have this nice idea that we've found our purpose because we're happy and comfortable, then you might not fully understand. You might not really be chasing what you should be chasing. If you aren't willing to sacrifice everything for it, then is it really your calling? If you're not going to put effort and energy into it, is it really your passion? If you think that your journey is going to be a perfect run, then you're going to, you're going to stumble a lot in this race. We need to be ready and accept the fact that it may not be easy, it may not be a comfortable ride. We need to prepare ourselves for the ups and downs, the good and the bad. We need to find something that we are really willing to suffer for. You know, like if you love guitar, I remember in grade five I was trying to learn guitar and my fingertips started to hurt. You know, who plays guitar? You all know what I'm talking about. You get those like calluses on your fingertips and I was like, this is not for me. I'll happily punch on, it's weird, yeah? <laughs> I'll happily punch on with someone, but I don't want to do no fingertips. Ooh, it hurts. I'm too sensitive. If you love guitar and you really want to play, but you don't have, you don't want to have those sore fingertips, so you don't practice, then you're just wasting your time. Is the cost worth it? Are you willing to pay the price for your purpose, for your passion? In Galatians 5.1 it says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. We have freedom in Christ, amen? We don't have to suffer under the law or under the bondage of sin anymore. We can be happy and enjoy ourselves, 
knowing that we have eternal life found in Him, life's pretty good, right? However, God didn't give us freedom just to sit around and celebrate every day. He gave us purpose within that freedom. In Galatians 5.13, it says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. In Galatians 5.22-23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against, against such things there is no law. You know, although we are free to enjoy and celebrate, and there may be seasons or times to enjoy and take part in all these different things, for general day-to-day -day life, it should be limited or completely refrained from. For example, eating birthday cake at a birthday party to celebrate is fine, right? But if you ate birthday cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day, that's a problem. We must be wise and not abuse our freedoms. Rather, we should be led by the Holy Spirit and practice the self-control that we are given to be disciplined and endure the suffering that we must face to become great and achieve all that we set out to do for God's glory. Ultimately, there are two main reasons why we must suffer. One, to help others, to love thy neighbor, to reach out to those in need, and two, to glorify God through all that we do. In 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble, in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. The greater we become in our given callings, the greater we can help others. The more we suffer, the more we challenge ourselves and throw ourselves into the uncomfortable situations, the more we become better individuals. And the more we help ourselves, the more we'll be able to extend that and help the community. I can only give what I have. If I don't have love, how can I show love to others? If I'm broke, how can I give money and help the church? If I'm sick, tired, weak, and unhealthy, how can I work and put efforts to the work of God? The greater I become, the greater I can help others, and the more I can serve God. And ultimately, the more His purpose for my life will be realized, and the more He will be glorified through it. This has been in my mind for, a, for quite a while. That the, the saying I heard someone say, I can't remember who said it, but success is built upon the failures of others. But it can also be said that greatness is built upon the success of others. We fail and learn and grow so that the next can succeed. Then they succeed and they give all that they have to the next so that they can truly become great. As a church, as a body of Christ, it is our responsibility and duty to usher in the next generation. We are to protect the integrity of the church. We are to prepare the way for them and give them a platform to truly become great so that they can reach even more people and ultimately so they can glorify God through all that they achieve. We are to lead by example and we can only do that if we ourselves have grown into the people that God wants us to be. We can only do that if we stop running and hiding. We can only do that by facing and embracing the discomfort. We can only do that by suffering for Christ. And through this, he will truly be glorified. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. 
We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to hear your word, Lord. I pray, Lord, that it'd be something that we would be able to apply, Lord, in our daily life, Lord Jesus Christ, that we'll be able to face and embrace the suffering, Lord, that we'll be able to put ourselves through the discomfort, Lord, knowing that you are the one that's going to bring us through all of it, Lord Jesus Christ, and that it's for a purpose and that it's not just pointless, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that we'll be able to recognize that these things make us stronger, Lord, that they may be things that you want us to go through, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that we would not run and hide from these things, but that we'll be able to face it with confidence, knowing that you have a purpose for all of it, Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, for the rest of this day, for the rest of this service, Lord Jesus Christ, may your people just be touched, may you just be glorified for everything that we're doing here, Lord, and may you just be at the center of everything that we do in this place. May our hearts and minds be focused on you, Lord Jesus Christ as we glorify and lift up your name in this place today. In this holy name we pray.